Please be advised that the following podcast contains elements of strong language and themes which may not be appropriate for sensitive listeners and younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, listener. We have to be quick tonight. They seem suspicious of me. Of course not you. You're not of much as of risk to the other. Anyways, I can see with a glint in your eye that you really want a story tonight. Well, there's a story I have to tell you about mistakes. And what do you mean you've already heard it? There's no way. Oh, I have? Yes, I remember now. Sorry, it's been a long week. So, do you want to know more about Emily's story? Then just sit back and listen. I'm Emily Manson, and I died. Well, I did. But my other me took my place. All that I have told you thus far is true, so I'm just going to carry on, and so help me, I'm going to finish this. So, I replaced the unconscious almost dead me with myself, the night of the car accident. Astrogating, that's how it was. After that, it didn't take me very long to start doing it all the time. Astrogating, I mean. My ordinary life was chaos, dull, and miserable chaos. My father was long gone and mom was dead, so I was placed in a foster home with a bunch of other kids from problematic situations. It was stable, but just barely. There was always someone yelling or fighting in another room, and more often than not, the fight would spill over into the rooms of hapless non-combatants. I had three roommates, who were very nice, but noisy, and who regarded me as an invader into their territory. In retrospect, it could have been far worse, but compared to my quiet, peaceful home life, it was hell. And so, when it got to be too much, I would sneak out of the house and into some secluded hiding spot, and I would astrogate. I could never tell where I would go, or how long I would stay there. I saw stuff that to this day I can't describe or repeat, and stuff that would make astronomers wet themselves with excitement. I saw frigid worlds where huge bio-machines trundled slowly under the skies filled with alien stars. Vast, strange intelligences bigger than solar systems that watched me with things that weren't eyes. The insides of unbelievable megastructures that enclosed stars or even galaxies. Titanic cities still crawling with the things that had brought them to ruin. Entire planets of mishappened bones and the sores that were the wrecks of starships. Most of the time, I would almost die out there, and suddenly be back in my body. 
but sometimes I would get bored or something else would happen and I would come back on my own. When that happened, I would have to kill my old self as she laid there, usually, hopefully, unconscious. And yet, despite that, astrogating became calming for me, almost a sort of bizarre therapy when life got to be too much. I pretended I was learning more about the universe. This race hates that one and is allied with this group. This planet was once ruled by these people, but no longer. But I think it was all a fantasy. I didn't have proof to support it. Or if I did, it was scant, to say the least. I don't really think any of it had any connection. Sometimes I would try to draw or describe what I had seen for my roommates or classmates. But I think the general consensus was that I was a little too old to still be creating fantasy worlds. And gradually, I stopped talking about it. And so it went on for six years. Then I met Todd. I say met, it was more like introduced. I'd had a crush on him for a little while. But a month or so ago... God, is that all it's been? I finally got the nerve to go up and, and talk to him. He was in my grade, but mostly took different classes. So I didn't get to see him much. But one day, I finally worked up the nerve to corner him after school. Hey! I said, running up to catch up with him, and sure enough, he turned around. Hi, he said, sort of looking at me with his head cocked. What's up? Well, I said, scratching one shoe on the gravel, I saw you reading the call of this Thulu on the bus the other day. He grinned suddenly and his eyes lit up. That's right, you're the girl who likes weird stuff. Want to borrow it? No, no, I've read it. I stopped suddenly, unsure of how to go on. Do you want to go see a movie this weekend? What? Like, together? Okay, sure. Any particular time? And that was how we met. We went to see The Void and shivered and laughed and ate popcorn. It was generally a pretty friendly first date. Afterwards, we sat and talked about monsters and nightmares and horror and science fiction. We talked about the possibility of life between the stars, and I told him about some of the things I'd seen, disguised as what-ifs. We grew a lot closer in those few weeks. Then, one day, one of the people who ran the foster home called me into his room. Something horrible had happened. About a week ago, I had been pursued through the tunnels of some horrible alien complex by a gargantuan pale creature whose flesh had been crudely supplemented with rusty machinery, and those mindless whooping imitation of my speech echoed in my nightmares for days. I had hidden behind an item of furniture in a cavernous chamber, and it was stalked through it and called my name. I had hopped back home. There, there was me, standing behind that tree, fully conscious and so scared her face was grey. Apologizing profusely, I took out the cloth belt of a bathrobe that I had kept for just that purpose and strangled her. I left her in the woods behind the house to bury some time I didn't feel like dying myself and had forgotten all about her as I had met with Todd. Some of the other kids had found her while they were out playing and, well, she looked exactly like me, down to wearing the clothes I owned 
It is any wonder they got suspicious. I freaked out internally when I saw her, shedding bits of plant matter onto the rug, but I managed to somehow keep my cool. I told them I didn't know who this person was, or why she looked exactly like me, down to the birthmark on our left shoulders. I told them I had never had a sister, twin or otherwise, and this must be all some kind of freak accident. Eventually, they gave up, but they still scheduled me an appointment with the school psychiatrist the next day. I walked into the little office after school, not sure what to expect. I didn't recognize the woman behind the desk at first. Then she said hello, and I understood. Miss Harrison? Mrs. Now, darling. But yes, it's Emily, isn't it? Yeah, how did you get here? Why are you the psychiatrist? She shrugged. Because I applied for the job. Psychiatry is what I went to school for, anyway. Kindergarten is just a step on the road. But never mind that now. Do you recognize this? She put a piece of paper on the desk, soft with age and covered in the scribbles of yellow and black crayon. I stared in shock. You still have this? She learned across the desk. There's something you're not telling me, Emily. Something you're not telling anyone. I didn't think about it until they told me what those children found in the woods. What are you? A 17-year-old girl, I said, but I was losing control, and I sat there with a few more seconds before it all came bursting out. I don't know, Miss Harrison. I don't know. There's something wrong with me, and I don't know what it is. That girl is me. I can't explain it. She sat there, watching me very calm and understanding until the tears stopped and I just sat there sniffling. Then, without being condescending or angry, she just said, tell me everything. I, I can't. It's just, all of it's insane. You wouldn't believe me. It doesn't matter if I believe you or not, darling. The point is that you tell me. Even just that can help. I'm sorry. I just can't. She nodded. All right, there, there. Here's a tissue. Perhaps we can meet again tomorrow? Yes, please. Thank you, Miss... Mrs. Harrison. Thank you so much. Of course, darling. That is why I'm here. By the way, I said, reaching out to touch the drawing as she stood up to go. Can I keep this? Of course. It's yours anyway. I thought you'd forgotten about it. Thank you. Just thank you. I stood up and left. There, outside the office, was Todd. Emily, I was told you had to... that something had happened. What's going on? I... I can't explain it. I started walking off along the corridor, then turned and motioned for him to come with me. Come on. I have to show you something. You understand? I know you will. He tried to catch up with me as I walked quickly down the corridor. What's going on? Emily, what are you... Here, in here. This will do. I opened the door to a supply closet off the hall. Do? Do for what? He followed me into the cramped space. Why are we here? I've never done this before. Hold my hand. What? 
Emily, this is a bit sudden. I grabbed his hand, concentrated very hard on the fact that there were two of us, and hopped. We were in the, deep in the void, the space around us tinted green and grey. Obscuring the stars were pillars of dust light years high, and in them points of light that were forming stars. All around us were bubbles the size of skyscrapers, milky white and translucent. All of them floating very still-like, an art piece gone wrong. Todd jerked his head back and gasped soundly. It was his first experience with hard vacuum. I lurched sideways, trying to move us towards one of the bubbles, but succeeded in doing nothing more than letting go of his hand. That was the biggest mistake I've ever made. One of the bubbles moved suddenly. I almost intelligently saw it, and it felt like silk as I fell with a sucking sound through the barrier and in. Inside, by some physics, was pure oxygen gas, which is why I'm still alive. It's quite cold, certainly, but my body's working overtime on the stuff, so I'm still here. Todd didn't make it into the bubble. The thing took me and not him. I don't know why. It just stopped after it grabbed me. I screamed and I threw myself at the edge of the bubble, trying to prompt it into motion again. But of course it didn't respond, and the berries are only permeable one way. I watched him for a while as he floated there, choking, until at last he stopped and hung there like a puppet in water. He is not like me, and I hope that when he died, he went back to his old body. But I don't think he did. I think there's just two dead Todds floating through the universe. As for me, the bubble, well, I don't know what it's made of. Perhaps it's alien technology of some kind. Perhaps it's even alive, somehow. But whatever it is, I can't get out. Not physically, and not by hopping either. Believe me, I've tried. I've tried to hop to Earth, to Todd, to basically anywhere in the universe I can think of. Nothing. My last body still lying dead in the school, and in a little while, I'll join her. I'm desperately thirsty by now, and I'm getting kind of hungry, and I don't know how long the air in here will last. But I've written it all down for whoever somehow manages to find this. Honestly, probably no one at all. I don't know how I want to end though. I guess I've made my peace with the universe. If there's peace to be made. I've obviously made a lot of mistakes and now I've paid for them. My iPad's running out of battery now. I suppose I'll just sit here for a while and look at this picture and wait for the end. I suppose this is goodbye. Okay, so maybe that was a bit heavy, but in the end, we all know where our mistakes lead us to. Mistakes can, like I said before, lead us to doing better. 
or sometimes they can lead us completely down the wrong path and give us no enlightenment at all. Um, well, I guess I can't stay out any longer. It seems that the longer I stay outside in the darkness, the more I'd like to just hang around here. But alas, if they find me in my bed, it'll be fine. If they don't find me in my bed, that's a whole other story. I hope you've been keeping well, listener. I know I haven't been around as much. Things have gotten a bit complicated. If I have enough time, maybe I'll speak to you soon. I do hope so. I quite enjoy our chats, really. And to think, I wasn't really going to speak to you in the first place. Seems like for once I made a pretty decent decision. I'll hurry up and get back to your room now, before you get found out too. Sleep well, listener. Hello there everyone. I would like to thank Stalker Shrike for allowing the storyteller to narrate the story. You can find more of his works on the page, which is listed in the show notes below. As you know, every podcast has difficulties, which they must overcome. And that's what I'm trying my hardest to do at this point in time. I've opened up a buy me coffee for anyone who wishes to donate, please. My cause for this is to get proper microphone equipment in order to get a better quality show out to you, the listeners. It's rather expensive here, and every little bit helps. If you so wish, you could also join as a member. Members will receive the weekly musings of our storyteller. She has a little bit of an introspection session, and reveals more of herself in this way. These episodes will be exclusive to members only, so please join if you can. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash marksweware and it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you. The link will also be in the show notes. Have a good week all.